0: Snapping a photo of one's meal right before eating has been a global phenomenon that forever changed the dining experience. For some, this only takes two seconds, but for others, probably a few minutes more because the angle, lighting, filters, and hashtags have to be perfect before these photos can be shared onto their favorite social media. This digital trend has helped not only with enhancing one's creativity and photography skills, but also making the food industry in general even more competitive by challenging restaurants to continuously serve dishes that are visually appealing to your patrons. Nowadays, a customer with tremendous social media influence leaving a critical review could make or break a business enterprise. A power reserved to TV personalities and celebrities not too long ago. Are you in on this buzz? Do you let the camera eat first? Hello and welcome to the 29th episode of the Banana Cube Podcast. This is a unique episode because we are doing a collaboration with a popular YouTube channel about food and life in Singapore dubbed... A table for two, please. We interviewed the Filipino couple behind the successful channel to get a glimpse of their lives as YouTubers. Due to timing restrictions, we could only interview them separately. Dee chatted with Pritchie while I partnered with Kevin. Without further ado, here's our conversation.
1: Hi, Pritchie. Hello, Dee. I'm just curious, Richie. How did you and Kevin meet? Kevin and I met briefly in Manila back in 2010 at an advertising party. And then he went with his cousin, who's my friend and my office mate then. So Kevin tagged along with her mainly for the booze. So basically, he crashed that party. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, At that party, we didn't really talk at all. Probably just exchanged nods. But it's really here in Singapore where we really got to know each other. We were all housemates together with another friend and his cousin. And then since he had late night shifts... And my work had a lot of overtime. Whenever I'd go home from work, there's food already prepared for me. So ah. he would cook for me and then we were. So that's how it all started. It's really over food.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, <Yeah. laughs> so it's just appropriate that uh, that's the reason why you have a channel about food, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, probably. <laughs> probably.
2: <laughs> I guess since you touched on you meeting and you know, getting to know Kevin in Singapore. So we I already mentioned earlier that uh, you are OFWs in Singapore. So I- I'm interested in your story. Yeah. Could you let me know about you know how did you become
1: OFWs? Okay, so for my story, it's not really as interesting as most OFWs. I came here to grab a very good opportunity that was offered to me. And then the reason why I didn't really think twice about it Is also because I felt that I needed to spread my wings and experience independence. Like all, all my life growing, growing up, my family has always been there for me. So in every little thing I can just rely on them. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing. We're a very tight knit family and close to each other. I mean, especially now I miss them, but I grew up where I'm the only girl and I have three brothers so technically, in Tagalog, bantay which means like I'm really guarded, yes. guarded by my family. Yeah. So an example would be even when I was already working, I was hatid sundok, quote unquote, meaning our family or, or my dad would take me to work and then also pick me up from work as in even if it's. At late night My parents wouldn't allow me To commute alone Or take a cab alone Oh
2: wow, yeah
1: (laughs) Aside from getting inspired By my friend and Kevin's cousin Who's my ex-office mate And transferred here in Singapore as well She's an OFW Aside from that I guess my thirst for independence Was also one of the motivations Why I came here
2: I see But that's actually a good motivation I can relate Because that was the reason Why I left my hometown But for you It's like a complete friend country so that's very brave oh, yeah
1: from <laughs> From Zamboanga
2: to Manila, right? I heard that in one of of our episodes. That's right. So this cousin of Kevin, is she the one that you interviewed in one of your vlogs? The one about the LDR? Yes. Ah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Interesting. My (laughs) cousin-in-law. Your cousin-in-law. To be, right? You and Kevin are not yet married. You were going to get married last year, but because of the pandemic, it, it didn't push through. Yeah,
1: we had to postpone it. And right now, we don't know when we're going to get married in Manila. But hopefully ROM here in
2: Singapore. Oh, so you're just going to do an ROM first in Singapore. Yeah, yes. Then you could do the same thing that Singaporeans do wherein they have a separate ROM. ROM, by the way, guys, is Registry of Marriage. Am I right? Is that the the right? Yes. Yes, yeah, I think so. That's correct. Yeah, (laughs) they usually have a separate ROM ceremony, which is usually more solemn. It's just a few people. Usually it's just their immediate family. And then they hold the reception afterwards. It could be the same day, but some of them don't hold it the same day so maybe your your wedding could be similar to that
1: yeah they really have a choice when to celebrate it because what's actually also bad is that everything is paid for in manila for that church wedding so maybe what we can do is ROM here in Singapore and then continue with a church wedding whenever whenever we can actually do it. Yeah, I think so.
2: I mean, maybe you could just hold it on the same date or something if you want so that you don't get confused as to when is your wedding yeah, anniversary, anniversary date. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't like fight. That's like you true. forgot <laughs> our ROM wedding anniversary and our church wedding anniversary, right? Yeah, that's very confusing
3: when i was in philippines i was working as a chef Mm. then i maybe i got burned out working in in the philippines for five years in the same company then eventually i i discovered some of my colleagues wants to work abroad overseas Uh some of them went to canada but i asked them how long it took it took them to process the papers it was like around maybe a month months or almost a year no. but for Singapore it took me like i think one month just to <laughs> process everything uh last time it was skype where they do interviews I see yeah so I, I did the interview through through skype and then they asked me do you like music do you like bands then I just eventually got hired as a waiter
0: ah I interesting first
3: here in Singapore as a waiter right. yeah it was a very different job from mm. what I was currently doing but yeah I just took it because I just want to get a new environment and I get a new new place to work with also.
0: It's a very interesting question to ask in an interview. Are you interested in music?
3: Cuz the the place was a, a bar. Ah, and I see, I see. I just researched on Google that the place was a bar and the manager asked me do mm-hmm. you like music or anything. it's it, it's like a different question from the usual can you perform this, can you do this, can mm-hmm. you do that? It's very interesting Mm. because when I came here, they were very welcoming, actually.
0: You started off as a waiter in one of the bars in in Singapore. Can you also talk to us your transition from that experience into becoming eventually what you do now for a living?
3: Okay. So when I first started, I was a waiter and then the manager thought that I was doing nothing and I was just walking around (laughs) and then (laughs) gave me the opportunity if I can work inside a bar. Okay. Then after that... (laughs) Because I was just looking at ladies, it's a bar, then what would you expect <laughs> me to do? <laughs> well, then that's I'm one myself. way of getting
0: promoted. Okay.
3: Yeah, that's that's one way. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, eventually, I was uh, I was hired as a bartender mm. at the same mm. bar. Then I had my mentors, my colleagues. They were very friendly and accommodating, and they understand that I don't have any knowledge in bar. Mm. So, I, I studied and learned all the drinks that is, uh yeah, I learned everything from scratch because I did not know anything about bartending, actually.
0: Wow. So,
3: I studied and learned. So, I won't be able to be, I, w- I will be able to be knowledgeable on customers when they ask because you're at the bar and people will ask you everything
0: mm. and you,
3: you don't need to be shy because last time I was very shy. When you're in the kitchen, you tend to be in, in your zone that, yeah can shout and all but with your colleagues but when you're at the bar you'll be talking to people uh-huh. that you don't know so yeah you'll that's, be more sociable
0: that's a very interesting point because as a bartender you're in the front line right you you are there yeah. with the customers in, in the movies and all that strangers would usually you know chit chat with a bartender and one part of your job is mixing drinks but another part is customer service right you're, you're trying yeah. to connect with your yeah, customers. There, there are
3: a lot of characters of each customer that we deal with. So there's mm. two bartenders. Mm. Some, I take care of some customers and the other guy will take care of his customers. So mm. we have our own regulars also.
0: Gotcha. Awesome. Here.
3: Then after that, the the bar closed down. It was in Ion Orchard, the mall. Oh, Ion. Okay. Yeah. You, you can't really find it. It's in the car park. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's hidden.
0: <laughs> Wait, hold on. A bar <laughs> In a car in park. Is there anything else other than mixing drinks that you did? <laughs>
3: <laughs> the band that plays there is quite. Re- it's really really good. That's why people go there during weekends.
0: I see. Awesome. Yeah.
3: So when it closed down, I transferred to another bar, same company. It's mm. in Holland Village. Mm. It's a wala wala. Mm. So this one was a uh, very tiring because it is two level bar. So you take care of two two floors. The first floor is a cafe and the second floor is a live music.
0: Ah, interesting. Yeah, with
3: local bands playing.
0: I see. And in your transition, you also did bartending? in that Ah, yeah. I, I was
3: still a bartender at that time. So each year I transfer, I shift work. After that, I got this opportunity to work for a tapas bar in Club oh. So this one is a chef job already. Awesome. Yeah. So the, the Filipino head chef took a, a leap of faith, maybe. Cause I, mm. I'm a I I am a bartender and he hired me as a sous chef.
0: Oh, that's amazing. At the time.
3: Yeah. He he was he was really good because uh, he saw a potential in me. Ah. <laughs> yeah.
0: you see, you 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 never know, right? You you came into Singapore as a bartender, of course, hoping to land a chef job and Without you knowing, a Filipino chef from a tapas bar took a leap of faith in you. That must be a very gratifying feeling.
3: Yeah. And after that, I was hired again because someone recommended me in this uh, halya in Botanical Garden. Oh. It is quite a big operation. So the restaurant has a function room hmm. and caterings and regular restaurants. In, in in a night, maybe 100 people is dining. Ooh. Or lunchtime, maybe a 50 like that. And together with it, side by side, there will be events also happening. So wow. it's quite a big operation. I was a sous-chef there also. But there was a, three of us at the time. Three sous-chefs that's running the, the operation with a head chef. Oh, then that's after interesting. after Halia, I went back home to the Philippines. Oh,
0: really? Yeah. I didn't know that.
3: Rest for, I think, almost a year. Mm. And I tried to put up my own business.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: it's a barbecue Shop, ah, yeah, uh, it's what's the name of it? It's a
0: uh, Bibico. Bibico. <laughs> Is it for a barbecue place for lovers? You are my big so
3: and <laughs> it has a lot of meaning. Bibico, okay, the, the, the accent because when I call my fiance through mm. Skype. When mm. I was in Philippines, I would call, mm. I will call her Bibiko, Bibiko. Ah, so yeah. I, I we adopted it as a Bibiko because, you know, the accent of Bisaya.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I, I'm very is, familiar with that. Bibiko. Yeah, okay. so
3: Bibiko is not really Bibiko. It's Bibiko. Nope. It's Bibiko. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <what> it <laughs> so it's a very catchy name for a barbecue shop. Mm. Yeah, I started with a barbecue shop first and then it got popular mm. almost <laughs> then eventually we were selling sizzling plate that was really Ooh. selling a lot
0: oh that's, yeah, that's but, amazing but uh,
3: the only downside there was the manpower because i was i was just starting and then it it was it was really hard to maintain
0: mm. Business, I business yeah but at least you tried right you have that courage to actually venture yeah. in a in a business enterprise and that's something that i haven't really done because i'm afraid i'm i'm too risk averse i don't want to start my own business and risk my <laughs> yeah. capital and that's why i'm still employed which is a very bad virtue because at the end of the day if you really want to succeed in life one of the ways of doing that is to earn passive income you let yeah. your capital you let your money work for you but I'm too risk averse. And yeah, I applaud you for doing that. So that was a one-year venture. And then eventually you came back to came back. Singapore?
3: Yeah. Came back to Singapore. Uh, mm. I was like visiting my my wife here. Mm. <laughs> mm. And ah. then uh, at, at this uh, Wala Wala, my previous workplace, mm. the bartender asked me if I want a job. Ooh. I just gladly say, yeah, I-, I want a job. Give me a job. And then he gave me a connection to this one food chain. Mm. Yeah, it's a hakun. They are selling acai bowls and food also. So I was working as a head chef there eventually mm. I became a head chef and then I just helped the the company to set up the entire operation and like organize everything
0: because you already have that entrepreneurial experience that must have helped you how to set up a restaurant
3: Yeah maybe maybe the the barbecue shop play a part a part of uh, the role of uh, how you handle an operation mm. you you will know how to treat manpower you will know When to open your shop and when to close or you don't really have to close the shop. Because some people, they want to close every time if it's holiday. Yes. But your mentality is holiday is still money.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Maybe when you have your own shop and then you eventually, like me, I got eventually employed again. Mm. I know this understanding that if you own the business, you'd rather open than closing up for for just a day or
0: two. Because it's lost opportunity, right? It's money that you're saying no to. I mean... Yes, it requires you to work on a holiday, but hey, it's extra income. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. And are you still employed with the same company right now? Uh, Now,
3: I'm currently, after the Hakun, I Mm. transferred in a little Tashi.
0: Little Tashi?
3: Yeah, it's in Jalan Besar.
0: Oh, what do you serve?
3: It's a contemporary Asian food, mostly Southeast Asian, yeah.
0: Wow. It seems like you have ventured almost everything. All of the cuisines. (laughs) (laughs) These are very different cuisines and yet you somehow land in these companies.
3: I study and I learn because if there's an opportunity to work in a European restaurant, yes, uh, gladly because I Mm. was trained in a European setting. Yes. And if Asian restaurant that serves generally like contemporary dishes, Mm. uh, I can...
0: Well, I can just imagine all of that transferring from one cuisine to another must have exposed you to several other ingredients that you know you wouldn't have the opportunity to. Yeah, you will work be very with.
3: boxed on your on your knowledge with when, when it comes to food and tasting food also. Okay, so
2: why did you decide uh, that the title of your YouTube channel is "A Table for Two, Please.
1: <laughs> okay, so we first started coming up with names that combine our names, but it would just always sound so cliche or cheesy or something like a wedding hashtag. <laughs> so we, we, thought, we just thought of things that were closer to what we usually do. And it was actually Kevin who came up with Table for Two. Mm. So as soon as I heard that from him, I liked it. But I also knew, I was pretty sure that when you when you get into social media, you know that someone already has that name, Table for Two. So what I did, I just added, you know, a few words. And please, <laughs> which made it should it longer. I mean, I feel like I'm going to regret it in the end, but I hope it just sticks as we grow our channel. Yeah. And also it's a line we always say whenever we go to a restaurant. So, which is also what we always do whenever we need some quality time anyway. Like even before we started the YouTube channel. So when we go to a restaurant, we just say a table for two, please? Uh. <laughs> Actually, adding the please
2: is a cute idea because if it's just a table for two, it doesn't seem like a phrase, right? It does. It's not like a line. But when yeah. you add the
1: please, it's
2: clear that it's a phrase that you tell waiters.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't seem too respectful without the please.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's telling. Yeah, the the potential audience would say, "Oh, they are respectful people." <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah, like maybe. that. Yeah. <laughs> Can you please describe to us your workflow in producing a YouTube episode?
1: So we actually don't have a clear workflow where everything is organized and written down somewhere. Um, It's actually something that I wouldn't advise everyone because I feel like every individual or or every coupled or tandem should know how they work best. Mm -hmm. So for us... I guess it's also because we tried doing that and it failed. As in, we bought a whiteboard to create a calendar, then plotted where we're going to film, when we're going to film content or when we will upload or edit and then we realized that the more we make it feel like it's work the more we're not motivated to film or work on a content and then what happened was we ended up not having any content for two weeks and it messed up our analytics so Mm -hmm. we'd rather be spontaneous but just to have like a goal like right now what we said to ourselves is as much as possible we upload every Saturday at 6 p.m and from there we were actually more fluid and more you know motivated to actually upload something. Oh, that's nice. So in terms of responsibilities, it's actually funny whenever people find out about you know what I do for a living, which is in advertising, they would always think I'm the one editing the video or you know doing the filming, all those creative production. But actually almost all is Kevin because he's the one who has an eye for filming and Mm. he has always been passionate. About editing, so whereas I am always on my laptop most of the time because of my job, so of course I really don't want to go back to the laptop and edit content right yeah, after my work. True, I'd rather avoid that. What I actually just contribute is yeah, what the thumbnail do? editing,
3: <laughs> okay,
1: <laughs> the social media managing. I guess just really to announce that we have a new upload and then also put subtitles. But yeah, that actually eats up a lot of time. But I hope it's useful for those who don't understand Tagalog Yeah,
2: I'm sure it is Some people would be interested in watching what other cultures are interested in Maybe like the boyfriends of Filipinas would like to uh, You know, like, okay, see, watch these videos and learn more about the culture Then I think this would be helpful for them Oh
1: yeah, actually, that has been happening because we do have Filipino friends And then they have uh, Singaporean boyfriends So they would watch our video together and then they said it was actually useful yeah. that their subtitles, they could understand it as well. And then there was also one time where I totally forgot well, not really forgot, but I was thinking it was a Balik Bayan box content. So I was thinking, oh, it's okay. I won't put. Subtitles Because anyway Filipinos will be the one Watching that Since it's Bayan content And then apparently Kevin's friend Who is Singaporean Asked Hey why don't you have Subtitles for that Apparently he was interested In Balikbayan <laughs> It was a lesson learned That I should always Put subtitles In every video No matter what content it is It is That's nice though
2: That you have Singaporean watchers And it's good That they're interested in You know maybe Because some people Are just interested in Learning about Other people's cultures and, you know, that is why yeah. they were interested, even if they probably wouldn't be sending a Balik Bayan box ever. Yes. but They just want to <laughs> know why do people do it. So It's educational for them.
0: Yeah. Yes, that's true. Uh, apart from the storytelling... I am really impressed by the video editing and and from Pritch's interview I understand that that part of the workflow is all you. So how did you learn video editing? No. <laughs>
3: in Philippines I had different kinds of ventures in life.
0: <laughs> I see. While I was uh, working sidelines. <laughs> I see, see.
3: Last time we were me and my cousin put up this uh, photo booth.
0: Oh, interesting.
3: Before before I came to Singapore. So side by side with uh, working in in the hotel. Mm. I was doing a lot of stuff. Then this one was, like, really a boom last time. Mm, Do you yes. remember that? Everywhere I remember wants, that. Yeah, everyone wants to have a photo booth in the yes. events. So we, yes. we have photo booth events every weekend. Oh, wow. Yeah, e- eventually, uh, every weekend, we will have three or four events. Mm. Then it requires too much time from us because I need to escape from work sometimes <laughs> and go to the other hotel just to, just to, just to accommodate. <laughs> yeah. I don't accept uh reserve uh, bookings in the same hotel that I work with.
0: Because <laughs> they will know. They will know that you have a side sideline. <laughs> yeah,
3: sideline. Yeah. So that after that we we tried to go into photography mm. venture also side by side together with that, but it really did not work out. I see. Yeah. Then when I came to Singapore, we closed down the photo booth business. Mm. It was really good. Then we had, then uh, after this, I came to Singapore. I traveled, mm. go to Bangkok, go to Malaysia, and then why not edit my videos?
0: Yes. At wow. that time.
3: Yeah. So I tried editing with my Sony Vegas and my, I don't know, the while rendering the, the file. It mm-hmm. took me, I think, five hours <laughs> to render it. <laughs> because my computer was
0: really fast i see wow <laughs> that, that is fast
3: yeah five hours so i i actually i learned youtube uh, in youtube school of arts i see yeah, the, that's I you have a master's degree from
0: U- university of yeah. youtube is it yeah
3: <laughs> if that's for youtube i won't be able to to learn the, the basics also. I see.
0: What I don't know about video editing is the basics of, you know, lighting, how cameras work, how what are the settings. And for you, because you have that experience with a photo booth, it would come, yeah. you know, naturally for you. Plus, University of YouTube, video editing, <laughs> master's degree, then eventually you're able to learn yeah. on your own.
3: Actually, when I was in school, I went to this uh, sit-in class in Intramuros. Yeah. Okay. on photography mm. yeah so that's where i learn about uh, how to handle the camera and mm. lighting also and yeah these these small details that a beginner really needs to yes. learn but if it, if it's in youtube you won't be able to ask questions
0: <laughs> yes, if you want right. to learn
3: something <laughs> yeah there are, there are scenarios that, mm. that you really want to ask the, the teacher mm. on how how this will work and what will happen next or what so yeah. I think that one also helped me a lot.
0: You're right. And and most of these YouTube channels, they give you tutorials for free. And then there's yeah. a clause that, if you want to learn more, yeah, please <laughs> yeah. <laughs> enroll in our advanced class. And then you see the price tag. Okay, never mind.
3: <laughs> yeah, never mind.
2: <laughs> just curious also, like how much average time do you think you spend on each task? Obviously, you cannot say like very specific, but do you have some
1: idea, ballpark maybe? Yeah, I do. Actually, I can't really say that it's very consistent in terms of, you know, everyday filming because one of the biggest challenges that Kevin and I have is actually aligning our schedules. Because for example, he would only have Mondays for off days. And then I would have a regular office hour, which is like 9.30, maybe around 7 from Mondays to Fridays. So I have Saturday, Sunday as off day, but then he would be working. So what we actually do when we have time, um, most of the content that we did are around 3 a.m., 2 a.m. like that. Really? Oh, no. Yeah. Or if ever you'd see us during the daytime or maybe outside our homes. For example, we went to a restaurant. It's probably a Monday and then I went on leave. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So in terms of hours of working, we really don't mind we again, we don't really say that okay, we only give this much of time for editing or this much of time for filming because it gets stressful when you can't um follow that. Yeah. We just make sure and we just remind ourselves and maybe listen to our bodies if we're tired already. Like of course, we would take a rest or like just make sure that we meet the deadline. That's just how we look at it. Oh my gosh, you actually take leaves every Monday
2: for this, but not every <laughs>
1: I know um, I don't take leaves. I don't take leaves every Monday. Uh-huh. Just um, whenever, you know, we really have to film something and then it's a good time for, you know, for that particular Monday to do it. Right. But not every Monday. Yeah, definitely. yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't have leaves anymore. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, or I suppose you could take
2: half-day leaves as well. But obviously not every Monday either. You're right. But you do have more leaves now because technically, like probably last year, you we didn't really get to travel. So maybe, might as well, Use yeah exactly <laughs> for that <leaves>. one too
0: <laughs> can you share with us your favorite youtube channels perhaps those that inspire you in making your own channel better and better each time
3: uh so last time we remembered i told my wife the oh tokyo the, the lady who who asked this? It's not a YouTube channel. It's a program in the television. Oh, wow. She goes old around. Tokyo. Yeah, Old oh, oh, Tokyo. Oh, Old She's Tokyo. A, yeah, Filipina in Tokyo. Oh, I do uh, know we that. Were watching, we were watching her. Maybe you can research. It's very I will old. research that later. Oh Tokyo. Yeah. Oh Tokyo. Let
0: me see. It's a very
3: old uh, program that mm. she goes all around Tokyo and even go to those underground ramen shops.
0: Oh, Okay.
3: Yeah, so she explained everything very precisely and all. And then, yeah, it just recalls the memory of how I I wanted to do these things. Mm. And then Mark Waynes, the very famous... Ah, uh, yes, the
0: late Mark. uh, He he passed away, right? No, no, no.
3: Mark Waynes, the... uh,
0: Oh, we still. I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry for killing the person. I'm sorry, it must be a different no, person. Anthony in my Bourdain. Mind. Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain is the one in ah, my yeah, mind. That's the
3: one. That... <laughs> the, sorry. Uh, the Mark Queens is mm. uh, in Bangkok. He's an American. Ah. Yeah, so he's he's a bit famous. But how to capture the videos and all is uh, Casey Neistat.
0: Oh wow! What are your goals for the channel? How would you measure your success um, in your already successful channel?
3: I uh, like. The other day we had a conversation with my cousin mm. and then she she asked me so are you are you monetized already I said uh no we're not monetized monetized I'm just happy that we have feedbacks from ah, the people yes. who watch our videos yes yeah so the feedbacks are very rewarding for us it's mm. like when we posted this one video of uh, this Filipino restaurant mm. there was no feedback directly to us mm. but the restaurant gained a lot of customers
0: Oh wow because of yeah. your influence you see it's already Maybe. making waves <laughs> yeah, <part of> it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah it. just it's just rewarding that we we see people reactions like also you you appreciate how we create the content mm. it is very rewarding for now we we can't really think of uh, monetization cuz yes. we it's it's so far
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, monetization is one thing, but why is it really that we're doing it? Is it because of money or is it because of something else? And chances are it's because we want to fulfill our hobby. We want to improve in our craft. For
3: us, we we con- want to continue on doing this because we just want to be informative also. Mm. Informative and entertaining. It can be boring if I'll be a different side a different side of me, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like not making jokes, not making fun. It's not us. It's not the a table for it too, if it's yes. very serious. <laughs> the other half of us is very serious already
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay so what topics can we expect in the future okay so we would definitely have more catabled content where we will feature a guest who can share relatable topics so much like how you guys do it but for us maybe not just about being an OFW but life in general and of course yeah you'll see more food content because that's what we love to do anyway eating yeah (laughs) But yeah, of course, apart from that, Kevin and I would always remind ourselves to be open-minded always, because we know that some content may not go the way you planned it. And there's a reason why YouTube provided super detailed analytics for you to actually study and see what your viewers um actually like watching from your channel. So it should also be a balance of what people want to see and what you actually want to share as well. So it can't be just, oh, I want to share this, then you upload it. Uh, yeah, Well, for now, based on our analytics, I feel like we can see that people really like watching, you know, food content. And then even that first Katables episode that we put out there about long distance relationships. So topics that are very relatable to our viewers, Definitely.
2: And I, I think I imagine that that was really a good topic to cover, right? About food in Singapore. Because Singapore is a foodie place. Singaporeans and Filipinos yeah, yeah. alike, the, they all love the food. And and the thing is, Singapore has a lot of diverse food.
1: Very Yeah, the Malays, the Chinese, Indian. Yeah. yeah,
2: you could just walk into a food court and there would be different kinds of cuisine there, right? It's not the same as in other countries. Most people who have been to Singapore and other countries before, they have the same comment regardless of race, whether it's Filipino or American or whatever, like, oh, they're amazed at the diversity in the cuisine. So this is actually a really good topic to cover. I'm sure a lot of people are interested, right? Because if they want to look for, okay, where should we eat? It's like that restaurant that you covered recently, right? The Filipino restaurant, right? So yes. a Filipino in Singapore <laughs> is going to Google that where's a good Filipino restaurant in Singapore.
1: And then they will find your reviews. Just to let you know what happened to that video, because there's this Facebook group here in Singapore called Paluto S-G. Okay. So it actually became popular. Um, Someone put it up during the lockdown, I think, because a lot of uh, Filipinos um have been craving for Filipino food and Filipino know dishes. And then there are a lot of home cooks who actually want to you know make that as a business to cook for Filipinos who are craving for different types of Filipino food so what happened was Kevin decided to share our video that that Filipino restaurant content that we had to that page and then not not really expecting that the admin would accept it but (laughs) what happened was he accepted the post and then at the same time he also shared it so it had more like there were a lot of traffic that that went to our it really led it to, to our channel and then mm mm-hmm the views just bursted well for us it was that's a lot
2: right like it's more than what you usually get it's times 10 or more right yeah yeah, which is really good Good for you and maybe those people who went and saw that video they probably subscribed did you also see a jump in subscribers or yes there
1: was there was actually a lot yeah that's good um, subscribers from that video and that that,
2: that was good because that's your target audience Filipinos who love to eat food in Singapore (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, generally also, well, OFWs in general, since we are starting that episode, I mean series about, you know, that table series as what we call it. Yeah, basically talking about other topics as well that relate to OFWs. Not really just OFWs, maybe like relatable topics that our, our guests can share. Yeah, that's good. Uh, maybe for
2: our non-Filipino listeners, table. Kateybol what is that in English oh yeah, uh, yeah. you know what I
1: have been. it has always been a challenge for me if you notice my subtitles when we say hello mga table like I would just literally type mga table because I can't seem translated yeah. but the, for just for the yeah. listeners I guess the best way I can translate it is a person with you uh, a person a person sharing a table with you while you're eating yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: I think in the Philippines we always have ka something right like uh and the, the reason yeah. why they they name that katable because their channel is a table for two please right but in the philippines yeah. also uh you know we had this gigantic tv networks right ABS-CBN. wait are they kabaya kapuso what are they
1: kapamilia,
2: kapamilia kapuso which, is gma yeah yeah so kapamilia is like your family and then kapuso is your Heart, <laughs> someone who shares your heart, something like that, I guess. And and, and Filipinos call each other kabayan abroad which means someone yes. from your same country. So maybe that's why there's a lot of ka-something words in the Philippines that is being used. Yeah, for...
3: yes. <laughs> so yeah. Always
1: ka-something. Yes, yes.
2: So, so yeah, just just a <laughs> trivia there in case you're wondering what ka-table is. That's what
1: it is. Was there anything else for topics in the future? Um, That's it. That's about it. We really just want to depend on how things change as we grow our channel. I know a lot of YouTubers, who are also just starting would understand that you know the first few videos you upload, like for example, the first 20 videos you upload are actually your experiment videos and then that's when you actually discover your niche. Mm. So right now, um, yeah, it seems like we're going to that um, to that area where we want to cover food and we also want to again also discuss a bit about you know being an overseas Filipino worker mm. or having guests with us to Maybe eat as well Something like that
2: Oh, yeah, yeah That actually is a good idea Like when you invited Your cousin-in-law to be Which is a very long word But when you invited her Along with <laughs> you To the, the Filipino restaurant, right? What is the name Of the Filipino restaurant? Again, just, you know if, In case our listeners Are interested in watching that. Yeah,
1: Filipino. Uh, the Filipino restaurant Is called La Cafe and Bar So it's actually Not a Filipino restaurant They also serve Western food mm. So, but what's good about it Is that it, 80% of the menu Is Filipinos. So Filipinos would actually really enjoy visiting or eating there because there are a lot of choices for Filipino dishes. Actually, even locals would enjoy it. Just like- how we explained it in the video, they did change the seasick to cater to other um, races as well who doesn't eat like ears and stuff like
2: that. <laughs> I was amazed when you showed that part because I think in one of our episodes in Banana Q, we re- I remember we were mentioning that maybe one of the reasons why Filipino food hasn't boomed so much abroad is because we don't really change it. Like, okay, you just take whatever we... Cook for you, but um, now that they f- they were flexible, right? They changed the you know what other nationalities would consider maybe disgusting for them, like as you said, it's the ears and the face. Ah. So they changed it into another part of the pig, right? So that other people can actually eat it, because yeah. usually people will be put off, like ew ears, no way, like that's the common reaction. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Actually, what's also surprising about that dish is that it's sisig, C- right? Everyone knows, I mean, every Filipino knows what it tastes like. So when you taste it, it actually still tastes like sisig. C- it's just that it's meatier because, you know, mm. it's it's not just the pig's mask or the ears. It's also chunky and still crispy mm. at the same time. Those who are here in Singapore, you guys should try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and maybe eventually they would, you know, they would have the guts to try the real thing also, if they know, oh, okay, yeah, why not? Yeah, they, yeah. they will eventually. It's it's like uh, just putting their foot in the water, so to speak, and then they will be more interested in yeah. Filipino cuisine as a whole, which is good.
1: So, what are your tips for
2: aspiring
1: YouTubers? Wow. <laughs> um, well, actually, I would say, and Kevin would also agree, uh, we're still kind of aspiring YouTubers as well. We're we're still in that journey of building a channel that can really affect people's choices and help them in some way. So maybe these tips will be for aspiring YouTubers from aspiring YouTubers (laughs) ourselves. I guess what tip we can give them or tips we can give them is number one, the obvious would be have fun with it. I would be a hypocrite if I told you that we never got stressed about this because of course, putting out content is not as simple as how we think it is. So there's always going to be some hiccup or a challenge along the way while you're building your channel. So it's important to step back and see if you're still having fun with what you're doing that's why kevin and i we gauge it from every upload we ask ourselves do we feel fulfilled then if yes we just go on just have fun with it don't stress yourself uh, out too much always think about it as something you want to do because anyway you wouldn't be doing it if you didn't like it right
2: yeah yeah so
1: that's number one um the second tip will be look beyond the numbers Mm. so We know it's impossible to not give importance to the numbers that we see. Um, You know, these days, social media and the internet taught us about the number of likes, followers, or, you know, Mm -hmm. views or subscribers. But just try to look at the other things that make you more motivated. Like perhaps whether it's about meeting other people or interacting with them, building relationships, or maybe it's about actually seeing that people are trying out what you recommend, those things. So it Mm -hmm. depends on your content too, trying to entertain people if you see them really happy about it like for example based on their comments or you know just reviews and everything it actually really motivates you that's actually what kevin and i have been discussing that it really feels good when people actually watch your video and they enjoy it yeah look beyond the numbers even if we all know it is important because there's For example, for YouTube, there is um, a goal to get monetized. You have to reach a certain number of subscribers or a certain number of watch hours. So yeah, okay, keep that in mind, but look beyond it. Ah. What else motivates you by, I mean, from doing this thing? And then I guess lastly find time to switch off okay (laughs) which is still a challenge for me okay (laughs) so because starting a youtube channel can eat up a lot of your time it's more than just you know filming and uploading there's also um replying to comments observing your analytics so in between those you would usually get caught up and realize that you lost a lot of time for yourself so again i'm actually still guilty about that and i'm still working on moving from you know my laptop every now and then All right. <laughs> I guess those are my top three, our top three. Yeah, tips. but those are really good tips, though. But out
2: of curiosity, what is the number of subscribers needed so you can monetize? Is it 10,000 or no?
1: Uh, no, actually, it's only 1,000 subscribers. And then for watch hours, it's more challenging. You oh. need 4,000 watch hours for that. For example, you upload all of your videos are in 10 minutes, and then you need, like, what, a number uh... of people to actually watch you reach a thousand right so you actually need four thousand watchers yeah yeah (laughs) if you
2: have like something that goes viral though then you could reach that, right? It's the number, of, it's times yeah. the number of people who have watched it. Definitely.
1: Yep. And also, it depends on if they watched it in full. So, if they watched just like three minutes of your video, <laughs> then that's, I mean, it adds up three minutes, but you know, you're right. There's also like a challenge for you to keep your viewers watching. I mean, keep them watching. Yeah, to the watch, whole for them to watch the whole thing. Yes. Otherwise, if they get bored
2: in yeah. really, the first three minutes or they get annoyed with, what it is that you said, or like I hate the I hate this person's <laughs> yeah, exactly. outfit for some reason, or other than they wouldn't <laughs> watch the whole thing. Then yes, you're right. Um, you need to keep them entertained <laughs> throughout the entire hour, which is like yes, a challenge. Okay, but that's actually yeah. quite a uh, good tip.
0: One of the things that w- we as YouTube viewers appreciate is the quality of the videos, how captivating it is. But what we don't see is the actual effort, hours and hours of editing, shooting planning ahead in all of these videos. And I must ask you, right? Is it all worth it?
3: Yeah, it's it's very much worth it. Because like what I mentioned earlier, it's the mm. reaction. Mm. And the YouTube, it's just like recording what we, we are doing. We are eating out. We love eating out. Mm. So why not record it every day? It's mm. not about the the money you spend because usually it's, it's the same amount of money you spend Mm. But behind that, you just have to buy the gear that you you need to produce these things. Yes. But every day, every week we go out and eat mm. as a usual couple. Mm. It's like, but you really have to be choosy on what, <laughs> what to eat.
0: Uh, <laughs> like yes.
3: we, we do we do a recon on taste test first before mm. we review our restaurants, also. Because we 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 just want to people to know that what is good also yes that's just like if the restaurant is really good Mm. i will take a video of it and it's instagramable but the food is not there the service Mm. is not there and it it won't be rewarding for us and it not it will not be worth it for the viewers also yes We, we will get backlash that oh you just reviewed this but eventually it it doesn't really taste good.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's very good because if money is involved, say if you're getting sponsored, then even if the, the quality of service, the food isn't really that great, but because you're getting money out of it, then chances are you, you may yeah. have to tell a different story. We,
3: we wanted to pay for everything that we we eat. Mm. We don't want to be sponsored or whatever. If not, we'll be tied up on saying exactly. the good things or what. Exactly. Yeah,
2: I do enjoy a table for two, please. So I actually don't know Richie and Kevin personally, even though we, (laughs) she's in Singapore. They're both in Singapore. And Ray and I actually live in Singapore. So people listening to this might think, oh, they're friends. They met in Singapore. That's actually not, not the case. It's just like, okay, we just missed each other. (laughs) (laughs) The reason why we knew each other is purely because of um, our channels Yeah, we started Banana Key Podcast last year Probably around the same time that you started A Table for Two Please, right? Really? Yeah, I think so And then we were on social media I guess you were both following the hashtag OFW or something like that yes that's true. <laughs> on Instagram and then like you know yeah. like oh I think you, you, I don't remember if it was us who commented first or you commented first one of those things so I did, I yeah, did. yeah yeah I think you commented on our channel uh, not on our channel <laughs> on our post and then of course I got curious oh they're from Singapore so I started watching their uh, YouTube channel as well and like you know like oh this would have been very useful information you know while I was was still there in Singapore, but nevertheless, it's still fun to watch because it reminds me, you know, of my time there in Singapore and of course how I miss (laughs) the food and all these things. I make sure that if I watch it, I'm not hungry because otherwise I would get hungry. (laughs) And I'm really impressed with your editing. Wow. (laughs) It's professional, basically, so... (laughs) Ah, thanks. We'll let Tevin know. (laughs) You both have a sense of humor, so that is fun to watch (laughs) as well. It's funny, basically. And the way he emphasizes on, you know, your facial expressions, he zooms in on your face if you say something (laughs) or you're like judging him or whatever. I find that funny. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I yeah. have a
1: very expressive face.
2: <laughs> and and also, it's quite funny because Kevin and Ray share the same hairstyle like Ray always <laughs> likes to
1: I know! Stretch. Yeah, one time Ray posted a photo and of course, I was also following him on Instagram. Uh, I thought it was Kevin at first. I said, why is he out? I thought he's working now. <laughs> and then apparently, oh wait, it's, it's Ray. <laughs> yeah, they have a
2: similar profile. Aside from hairstyle, they also have the glasses, right? And they're both Filipino. Yeah, so at, at instant glance, sometimes, yeah, I, I think I've had that experience as well with your post. Scrolling through social media <laughs> and then I will see his picture and I'm like, oh, I thought it was Ray, but it's not. <laughs>
1: That's quite funny. <laughs> yeah, they should meet. Us. Yeah, they then, they that is meet. why I
2: decided that, you know, in this interview, you know, the two of them should meet each other. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Actually, I was I was telling Kevin, hey, do you know D is also from Zamboanga? And then because Kevin is from Zamboanga. Oh, I didn't know this. He said, then maybe I should be I should be interviewing with D. I said, it doesn't matter. You will be speaking in English. (laughs) <laughs> is he from
2: the city, Chabacani. Sambuanga city also? Didn't know this. Uh, no, he came from Ipil. Ah, Sambuanga del Norte. Yeah. So is he Bisaya then?
1: I don't think he's Bisaya, but he knows some Bisaya. Okay, okay. I don't know how, but he does. And then he also speaks
3: Chabacano.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah, that's it. Maybe next time. I can't speak
3: fluently Chabacano because I hmm. did not grow up in Sambuanga. But I can understand and speak a bit of uh, Bisaya.
0: Ah, I see. Oh, yeah. I-, I speak a lot of Bisaya. Now, because of D, oh. I've actually made a lot of friends who also came from Zamboanga, and they taught me a greeting word that they said would make me a very popular guy in Zamboanga, and that word is Chinga. <laughs> Is that a nice word? No. No? That's a curse word.
3: Okay. Yeah. I knew it. Okay. They were, they were making fun of me.
0: Okay. So I, any, I shouldn't any, use that word?
3: Uh, no, no, no. You don't use that. <laughs> okay. You should okay. use buenas. How buenas. Yeah. Okay. Be- okay. Buenas. Buenas. Noche, buenas tardes. I
0: see. Buenas chinga? No? Uh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: After this interview, Kevin and Pritchie also interviewed us for their vlog and they are releasing that episode on the same day that this podcast is being released, but at 6pm Philippine time. In case you are listening to this after 6pm, please quickly go to YouTube and check that out on their YouTube channel, A Table for Two Please, and don't forget to leave a comment. Thank you!